0: back and if you're new here welcome i'm so glad that you're here hey have you ever heard the expression you can't teach an old dog new tricks many would believe the same thing about humans not being able to change their mindset but i'm here to share some insight on that very thing today but before we do please let me introduce myself hi there my name is dr kelly ray And I'm a mindset coach counselor who's notably known as the inner critic tamer. I am passionate about helping others just like you and me who have gone through some things that perhaps we don't necessarily like to talk about, but we know we want to be better for ourselves because it's not only good for us, it's good for our kids, our community, our work, everything. I'm obsessed with teaching others how to tame their inner critic, that inner childhood conditioning, or as I'd like to say, undo some of that crap that happened to you along the way and continues to keep you somewhat stuck and teach you how to heal from it so that you can enjoy and live the vibrant life that you are designed to live. And during this episode, we're going to be talking about changing our mindset. If you've ever had goals and dreams that didn't come true and you wish you could have changed your mindset, you're not alone. The truth is that 92% of people say that the goals they set for themselves each year never get achieved. Each year. With a percentage this high, there must be something that's holding them back. And before we look at what we may have holding this group back, let's look at the 8% who do accomplish their goals to better understand what these high achievers do differently. The individuals in this 8% come from all walks of life. They're married, single or divorced, highly educated or high school dropouts, and middle-class, wealthy, or even poor by most standards. They are comprised of a variety of ages and ethnicities from all around the world. But one key commonality amongst this group is this, a similar set of success-oriented mindsets that guide their thoughts and actions. The fact is, no matter where you are in life or where you came from, you've got the ability to set goals, effectively change your mindset, and achieve them. A surefire way to determine whether you need a mindset tune-up is to answer the question, are you regularly accomplishing your goals and living your best life? If your answer is yes, then listen on, and you'll probably recognize why. If you say no, I'm gonna share seven steps that could be game-changing for you. So get out your pens and paper. I want you to write this down. I want you to write this in your own handwriting. There's something that goes specifically with that hand, paper, pen, your own writing that sinks in deeper than just copying and pasting something than just merely voice texting it into your phone app i want you to do the old-fashioned work here so let's talk about the seven ways to change your mindset today should you so choose number one accept that your thinking needs adjusting We've all had goals and dreams that didn't unfold the way we hoped or expected. When this happens repeatedly, we start to wonder what we need to change. But rarely do we look inside in our own thinking as the place to start making changes. We usually start saying all of the conditions outside of us that aren't right for why things are not going the way we want. We live in a skill-set-driven society that emphasizes learning new skills and improving the ones we're weakest at. This often fosters the belief that we need more education in order to achieve our goals. Some people go back to school, others take seminars and workshops or read books, and always looking for that silver bullet skill skill set that will make everything fall perfectly into place. Don't get me wrong, I'm not downplaying the value of skill sets, but more often it's our mindsets that need adjustment. The good news is it's a lot less expensive and much faster to change our mindsets than to go learn a new skill. So step one is simply to acknowledge that you're going to work on your mindset first. Number two, identify your counter mindsets. Mindsets are formed through prior experiences and emotional milestones, and the mindsets that aren't producing the results you want are called counter mindsets. Some examples of these are self-doubt, limiting beliefs, and any other negative thoughts that get in the way of your fulfillment around 65,000 thoughts go through your mind each day. I want to repeat that again because I don't think people really realize. 65, around 65,000 thoughts go through our minds each day. Unfortunately, in the case of most people, most of them are negative. These automatic negative thoughts also known as ants, occurs so often that you're probably not even aware of them. Most of us aren't. I also like to and quite often call this the inner critic and most of you that have been following me for years know that mine's name is Trudy. So I usually use that interchangeably then with the automatic negative thoughts because You can call it what you want. I know that there's people in the industry that call it monkey mind, lizard brain. All of those never resonated with me. An ant doesn't resonate with me. But somehow, the inner critic and naming it a person's name just resonates. There isn't anything against Trudy. I don't know a Trudy. It's just the name that seemed to come along when... I decided to give it a name don't ask me why because I have no idea I just know that that's what works for me and and I could go off on a whole tangent on that I don't want to do that because I don't want to get off track here so for example you know that little voice that points out irresponsible spending choices when you're looking at your monthly budget for example or makes disparaging comments when you look at yourself in the mirror you know, that, are you going to wear that? Ooh, I don't know. That doesn't look like it fits very well. Do you really need to buy that? Yeah, girl, treat yourself. Go buy that. It doesn't matter. You'll get money another day, right? Those kinds of conversations that just seem to nonchalantly happen in our heads that we're not even thinking about it. All of us have different ants or inner critics. And without knowing it, we're habitually allowing them to destroy our dreams it's hard to remain positive when that little voice is constantly spouting off and saying things like I can't talk to her I'm not smart enough oh, I'm so out of shape Whew, I'm not really qualified yada 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 you know that voice you've heard it many times I have no doubt The way to start exterminating or taming that rascal in your head is to begin paying attention to them. Notice when you hear those disparaging voices and recognize how frequently it happens. More than likely, you'll find that your limiting thoughts can be narrowed down to a few key themes. Taking note of this is a major step because we can't change what we haven't acknowledged. So let me give you a little example of this before we move on to number three. Examples of this would be how you talk to yourself if you wake up cranky or tired, or how do you wake up on Monday morning if Sunday you started stressing about going to that J-O-B that you're not really satisfied with? What are some of the conversations that you're having inside of your head? What are some of the conversations when you get a new idea to go do something, but it's out of your comfort zone but it really sounds cool, or you'd really like to try it, what conversations come up? I don't have time. I don't have money. I don't have, I don't have, mm, no, it's not a good time. Those conversations that come into your head, I want you to pay attention to what's going on with you. Are you tired? Are you hangry? Are you feeling defeated? Are you feeling less than confident? Those are the times that that voice is truly going to pop up. And so it's important that you know that, because it's not just happening for a reason. It's happening because it's trying to get your attention. And it's also trying to inadvertently, quote unquote, keep you safe. Even though there's no saber-toothed tiger hunting you down, trying to eat you. But we're, we're wired that way for survival. So pay attention and write down those themes. Those Because those, they, they tend to be the same all the time that I'm not smart enough, I'm out of shape, I'm not good enough, I'm not lovable, I'm not confident. Same all the time. It might just look a little different some days, but it's got an underlying theme that's the same. Identify that. Number three, flip the switch. Once you've identified your top negative thoughts, you need a way to stop them from holding you back, keeping you stuck. A good technique for this is something called flip the switch, which moves thoughts from negative to positive. For years, every time I looked in the mirror, all I saw were my flaws. Finally, I started practicing the exact opposite reaction, flipping the switch. I'd look in the mirror and force myself to say, hmm, you look good. Wow, that looks pretty amazing. That color looks really nice on you. I like the way that shirt looks. It took some time to get used to it, but the reality is the positive thoughts and negative thoughts can't occupy the same space. So I was giving my inner critic an eviction notice, you know, and nothing became more apparent to me that I was actually living in this state of mind before flipping the switch until I had my daughter, until we would go try on clothes, we'd share the same fitting room because she was little and sure as hell wasn't going to let her go by herself. And our experiences were completely different. She would stand in front of the mirror and twirl in her new dress she was trying on and just, you could just see the joy in her face. And, See how exciting it was to try something new on while I sat in the back the very farthest back that I could get and if I could get away where I wasn't seeing a mirror and putting on my clothes and judging myself harshly not out loud but you know what your looks can say so much too and I knew that if I didn't want her to carry on that shameful badge Then I needed to do something different. And some of you might be in that very situation yourself right now. So I want you to know it's not too late. There's not been so much damage that it can be undone. You have the ability to flip the switch and get rid of that rascal. Another technique I find effective is called the if-then approach. Once you identify when your inner critic typically shows up apply a thought process that allows you to essentially think yourself past them. Here's an example. Say you plan to go for a walk after dinner to get some more exercise but when dinner is over your inner critic shows up. If you start to hear the voice in your head say, "Ah, you're tired, you're too full, or you'll never lose weight anyway. What are you trying to do? Then walk, if not run, to your closet and immediately put on your tennis shoes and get outside. Go for a walk. Go for a run. Go to the gym. Do something. Often just taking one positive step in the right direction is enough to shut that inner critic up which is what you want it to do. Because if not, that inner critic's going to keep you on the couch, going to keep you with a bellyache, and keep you wondering why you can't sleep very good at night because you haven't done anything to burn anything up. So give that, again, remember we're giving that inner critic an eviction notice to not control your life, for you to take control of your life. So number five, four, sorry, under number four, understand your why this is talked about so much in the last few years of it's the key to success it's the strategies we need to be successful in life is understand our why and you know years ago we were not trained that we were taught you know you made your smart goals and they had to be specific and measured and actionable and reachable and Take action and make it happen. But did anybody talk about why? Why was it important? Or are we just setting goals for the fun of us? Most of us are not setting goals just merely for the fun of it. We're setting goals because we're wanting better, we're wanting to do better, we're wanting to maybe improve the quality of our health, our wealth, our happiness. Why? Why do you want to do that? That why has an emotional component to it. And if it's strong enough, there's nothing that's going to stop you from doing it. If it's merely because, eh, my why is I want to get off the couch because I'm mm, tired of being on it, I can tell you that's not going to be enough to move you for any significant period of time. But if your why is because you want to live to a ripe old age and be able to be functional, mobile, and not having to live on tubes or medications or in a nursing home, then that's gonna be enough reason to keep you active now working up to that point. So understand your why. Changing your mindset takes work because formed habits aren't easy to break. Ask any smoker, ask anybody who's been addicted to drugs or alcohol or food or gambling. Addiction is not something just easily switched off. This is specifically true since many of us have harmful habits. Could be, again, the ones I just mentioned. Could be negative self-talk. Could be self-harm. Counter mindsets were established when you're kids. That's that's where it all starts. And then it just adds on as life, you have more experience. And we've been doing things the same way ever since that we've been taught. Understanding your why is about starting fresh and deciding on one goal or dream that when you achieve it will mean a transformational change. Maybe it's losing weight. Maybe it's being happier at work. Maybe it's improving your relationship with your partner. Maybe it's starting your own business. Maybe it's identifying something that could make a significant impact in your life. After all, if it's going to take work to make it come true, it better be meaningful, right? Once you identify what your why is, write down on paper like you're doing right now or in a notebook why it really matters to you not on a computer not typed in the notes on your phone on a paper in your own handwriting this is an important part of building your motivation number six I mean sorry number five Realize that motivation and willpower are not enough. Most people incorrectly believe that motivation and willpower are all that's needed to achieve your goals. And no wonder they do, since it's common advice you hear from friends and family to motivational gurus and some coaches out there. I asked you to write it down your big why in step four because that's where motivation begins your why but we all know that motivation can be hard to maintain no matter how important your goal may be and that's when willpower is supposed to kick in the latest brain research reveals that willpower is like a gas tank you start with a full tank but you deplete your supply each time you use it. Here's what I mean. You're trying to eat healthier. Then get to work and find Girl Scout cookies next to the fruit bowl. what do you do? Tap into your willpower and resist the cookies. (laughs) Good for you, high five. Then you plan to go to the gym after work, but end up staying later to deal with a customer issue. Your willpower is already depleted from earlier and the added stress of not following your original plan doesn't help. Do you end up going to the gym? You know the answer because it's happened to all of us. It doesn't take long to simply give up and abandon our goals when we we rely on motivation and willpower to achieve them. They aren't always enough. That's why 25% of people give up on goals after the first week and 60% quit after the first month. Think of the gym in January. That's the greatest and easiest example I can give you. Everybody's starting out, wants to get over all the holiday crap, food, family dysfunction, excess spending that happened during November and December, gonna go to the gym and kill yourself and get you back in shape and feeling better and first week you're so sore you don't even know if you can crawl there the second week but you manage to make it the second week because you're you're set on doing this you got a pretty strong why but then life happens again right all the uh, new demands from the job are coming it's a new year new things maybe kids are having struggles with school and stuff. And next thing you know, you don't have time for the gym anymore. And it's only been a month. I know you know this because you've been there. Hell, I've been there. High achievers understand this reality, which is why step five is simply about recognition. That is recognizing that achieving your goals isn't about white knuckling your way to success. By accepting this fact, you'll stop mentally punishing yourself for stumbling or failing to stick to your plan, which will leave you emotionally freer to optimistically try again tomorrow. We'll talk about more about this in step seven. Number six, start small so you can finish big. This may sound counterintuitive, but one of the best ways to change your mindset and realize your dreams is through setting ridiculously tiny, utterly achievable goals, you'll just be like, why haven't I been doing this my whole life? So how tiny? How about this? One sit up, one push up. That's it. If your big goal is to get daily exercise, then your small attainable goal is to do a single push-up or a single sit-up each day. If you want to reduce stress in your life, your tiny goal might be to meditate for one minute every night. If you want more affection with your loved one, Your mini goal could be one extra hug or kiss. Each of these examples requires almost no motivation or willpower to accomplish. And yet, yet, each is a positive step. Here's the trick. Decide that your tiny goal is the minimum and that you can do more if you feel up to it. A lot of times, You'll do more and will feel great because you're overachieving. Some days you may be doing minimum and you still feel great because you met your goal. You did not give up on yourself. You did not cheat on yourself. How freaking awesome is that? How can these tiny goals actually make an impact? It's because massive change requires small steps. There's the expression, how to eat an elephant, one bite at a time, right? You just don't eat the whole thing in one sitting. It's because it takes small steps repeated daily, which create momentum and yield positive cumulative results. The top 8% of achievers understand this. But most people never try this strategy because they think it seems pointless to start. It's, that's too small, that's not enough. Wrong. Over time, consistently hitting your small goals will form new new mindset habits. And that's real progress towards revamping your thinking so you can achieve your biggest dreams. Talk about a confidence boost, yes. Number seven, get comfortable with the F word. The steps for how to change your mindset that I've outlined so far will help you move forward with confidence towards achieving more of your goals and dreams. However, it's critical to understand that it will be hard work. That's why high achievers are comfortable with the F word, failure. When most people hit the wall, they make an excuse or give up. High achievers realize that the only thing that will keep them from their goals is for them to stop trying. So they don't. They know that they'll encounter obstacles and even fail along the way and Good chance they'll fail multiple times along the way. What separates them from the other 92% is that they prepare for failure mentally. They know it's coming and it doesn't scare them or make them give up. Doesn't make that inner critic just annihilate them with shame. When failure happens, they seek feedback and make adjustments to get back in the game. They pivot, they make adjustments, they Maybe go back to the basics because maybe they've gotten a little off track. No harm, no foul. It only becomes failure when we stop doing it, when we stop taking action towards the things that we really want. You can be doing this by giving yourself permission to fail. It will take the pressure off getting a perfect end result. And you can be ready to learn from mistakes and make adjustments that will keep you from moving forward. This is crucial to life, right? Because we're still going to have experiences down the road that we've never even experienced yet so far on our journey. Do we fall apart and crumble and just lay down and die? No, no. No, they're opportunities to learn, grow, expand, have other experiences. It's your mindset that determines how that's going to happen. As we begin to wrap up this week's episode, I cannot express enough how changing your mindset doesn't happen by accident. It happens by choice. And these seven steps... Should help get you started, get you back on track if you've fallen off, and certainly getting you going in the right direction if you're starting today. We all have gone through tough times. We have all failed at something. We failed when we first learned how to walk. I know you probably don't remember that because that was quite some time ago, but I can assure you, my friends, you did not just decide to stand up one day, walk, and then sprint like Usain Bolt. No. And if you, <laughs> if your parents told you that, maybe they were just giving you a little overconfidence boost there. Whatever. N- n- no harm in pumping your kids up. However, just as much as you want to pump your kids up, you need to let your kids know that things go wrong, things fail, things don't work always. We don't want our kids to be afraid to fail or make mistakes because that's not going to help them. Because as we know, life happens. And if we can't be afraid of our own shadows, we can't be afraid of, you know, letting our ego get so bruised that we never try again. We have too much vibrant living to do. If you have found this episode helpful or know someone who could use a little extra support along the way, I encourage you to reach out and schedule some time with me. And I'm also going to encourage you to subscribe, follow this podcast so that you get weekly updates every time I drop a new episode and share it with somebody you think could use this because again we don't usually know who needs something or maybe we do but most of us are still struggling like crazy to ask for help so be willing to be uncomfortable and share with a friend who could probably use this it may be the thing that they need so let me give you some ways that you can get in touch with me if you want to schedule time with me i'm on instagram at ask dr kelly ray it's spelled D-R-K-E-L-L-Y-R-A-E. I'm on Facebook at Dr. Kelly Ray B, B as in brown. I'm on TikTok at Dr. Kelly Ray. My website is drkellyray.com. And my email is drkellyray at gmail.com. Until next week, please know I send you so much.